Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Lewis McParlane and in this week's episode, myself and three fantastic guests will discuss five of the upcoming Ligue 1 football matches. Thomas Wiseman and Nathan Staples have joined me again from last week, but we will also be able to enjoy the company of Philip Bargiel, a season ticket holder at the Parc de France, who will be able to enlighten us on the opinions coming out of France. He'll also give us a bit of diversity in terms of the accents. On to the football. Last week saw the curtain come up on the 2019-20 season of Ligue 1, and it certainly wasn't a doozy, as we saw 26 goals scored across the 10 games. PSG, Lyon and Lille all got off to good starts, but Marseille failed to show their quality, with a David Ram in André Villas-Boas' competitive debut as manager. Promoted teams, Mets and Brest, managed to mix it with the big boys as they drew with Strasbourg and Toulouse, but it wasn't good news for Bordeaux, with their 3-1 defeat to Angers potentially being a foreshadowing of more to come. Les Girondins have won just two of their 14 matches under Palo Sousa, and their trigger-happy board could cut ties with the Argentine sooner rather than later, should results not improve. But anyway, on to the first match that we're going to discuss. It's going to be Rem versus Strasbourg. Now, Strasbourg have just finished their third round Europa League qualifier. They, on aggregate, beat Lokomotiv Plovdiv to set up a match with Eintracht Frankfurt, who made it all the way to the semis last year. Thierry Laurie's men have played the most games so far of any French team due to their jetting around Europe and will be quite prepared for this match. But we were talking about this off air. It's going to be quite the test coming up against Eintracht Frankfurt. So, Philip, what is your thoughts ahead of this match as they travel to play Eintracht? Do you think they've got it about them to go and give them a real test? I mean, Eintracht are quite the seasoned team now in Europe. Well, um, it's uh, it's strange. I've been watching the game this evening and uh, you can tell that uh, Thierry Loray was uh, resting a couple of players. Uh, for, for example, Jiku. Uh, Alexander Jiku, who used to play at um, at Caen, uh, did not play this evening. It was uh, Edouard playing in in his part in Sriman uh, Sriman defence, and uh, he actually cha- he actually changed the formations too. Um, Thomason was not uh, playing either. Ajot was not playing, uh, and it, he switched to a three-four-two-one or or rather three-four-three with um, with uh, Nuno, Nuno da Costa up top. Uh, Zohi, who scored who scored the only goal of the game. Uh, on the left and uh, Benjamin Cornier on the uh, on the right, and yeah, I mean the, the game was pretty routine, but uh, I'm not quite sure uh, if Laurie has actually uh, sort ahead uh, if he's resting the players for Reims or he or if he's already uh, thinking about the game in in a week's in a week's time. Um, what I can say about Strasbourg is that uh, Laurie has been um, has been a very uh, I mean has has kept his uh, his uh, his formation to three three man uh, three man defence three centre backs, um, and uh, has yeah uh, tonight was a bit was a bit different. He's used to three five two. Uh, they played a three four three, and uh, still there's still a couple of uh, of um, shall we say uh, weaknesses at the back. But uh, I, it's a thing with Strasbourg. I just don't I don't think they're comfortable when they're favourites. 
So you just never know what's going to happen at Reims, and you, you don't know what's going to happen against Strasbourg, against uh, sorry, against uh, against Frankfurt, because uh, they're they're obviously. I mean, to, to me, and I think to all of us, they're going to be the underdog. Will it play in their favour? I honestly hope so. But we had some queries last week about if they had the squad depth to, you know, compete on all fronts this season, of course, with them competing in the Europa League. This must show some good signs, though, if, I mean, I know Lokomotiv Plovdiv aren't exactly the most illustrious opponents, but it Mm. does show that even with a a slightly weakened squad, they can still go to these places and pick up positive results. And that was with a weakened team. So, you know, maybe with a full squad, they might just be able to give Frankfurt a game. What's your opinion on this, Nathan? Uh, I think they'll definitely give them a bit of a game. I mean, they had a good safety net from the first leg, that that 1-0 win in, in, in Plovdiv, um, with them having a man sent off as well before they grabbed the first goal. Of, uh, it's been a bit of a tale of red cards that have assisted them um, so far in qualifying. They got one in the in the game against Maccabiah Haifa as well, who ended up winning the second leg as well, so they only scraped through that one. Uh, Frankfurt are just a really quality team, even with the loss of, of Jovic and with... Uh, Sebastian Alea going to West Ham as well. They they've still got quality in in Rabich, who's still there, although he's attracting interest. They've um, got more attacking players. I can't quite remember the Brazilian's name who really came on the last sort of five six games of the season where they they sort of almost filled in the slot again. They've they've signed quite well in the summer. They still look a, a solid side. I know most French fans will remember Kevin Trapp not having the greatest spell in Paris, but he was excellent last season in Germany and, and well worth the, the money they've paid for him to, to bring him back as well. So it's going to be really tough. I, I think the only way Strasbourg get through in that result is if they maybe rest a couple at the weekend, if they also then nick an early goal at that home leg, if they keep it absolutely tight, they can't afford an away goal and see if they can nick one in Germany, that would be the only way really through for them. And then, like we say, that's the important part of their squad. If they do get through that test against uh, Frankfurt and seeing if they do have the legs to compete on two fronts, because my worry is, is that if they concentrate too much on this European adventure, it may hinder their league Mm. form. But at the same time, we want to see these teams in Europe in league. And we have too many teams that don't take these qualifying rounds seriously. And, Regardless of if Strasbourg go through or not, they've at least shown an aptitude for it, a willingness to try and fight for their place in Europe. And that, for Liga fans and for, and for Liga in general, can only be the, be a positive after you know the embarrassments of Bordeaux and, and others in recent years. Yeah, a word, a word on Frankfurt, uh, if uh, if I may, is that they're playing games too, and uh, they did play. So they played the Pokal uh, on Saturday or Sunday, was it? At Waldorf Mannheim, and it was they were in pretty bad shape at some point. So you know they're not invincible. Yeah, I think if, especially at the match at Le Mano, if they do get the atmosphere going and stuff, and rest a few players, yes. they could kind of surprise Frankfurt. I mean, they've slightly walked the competition so far. I think in the round just gone there, they they beat Vidu's six 0 on aggregate. So they've not really been tested in that department. But you know that Laurie's team is going to be really up for this one, especially as it's kind of kind of the pinnacle of the story of this club in the in the last few years, coming up through the ranks and now playing in Europe. You know, it's it's a great testament to the good work that they've shown. But you mentioned there, Nathan, that it might just have a detrimental effect on their league campaign. This kind of showed at the weekend, didn't it, when they drew 1-1 with Mets. Do you think it was quite a tired performance from Strasbourg, um, Thomas? 
Yeah, it looked to be, especially in the, in the first half, they were on top, the better team, really. Um, and it was sort of this, they um, sort of settled down a bit too much against Mets and, and eventually Mets came into back into the game and probably should have won it um, towards the end. Uh, Matt Seltz scored, um, made a really good save for uh, Nian uh, just towards the edge of the end of the game, which could have put Mets um, the three points, really given the three points. Um, it does look like they are sort of tied. I think with this game against France, um, they will probably rest rest players and fair play to them. Really, I don't I don't see them having a problem really in the league. I don't see them um, really being threatened by relegation. There are uh, there's much worse sides than them in the league. Uh, so I think Thierry Loy and and Strasbourg have um, have to go for it, go for it really. But you've got to look at, like, you know, where they finished last season. <clears throat> it wasn't like they got to this competition by finishing in the top six. They were only 11th, so they're not that far above the relegation zone. And we saw the effect that it can have on teams in recent years, like Bordeaux and Rennes, who have both significantly dropped down the league whenever they have been that involved in European competition. I think it, they might just need to, you know, keep their eye behind their back to to watch over that relegation zone because if they do commit to European competition, which everybody wants to see, it could really affect them domestically. Yeah. And just quickly on that, that that eleventh place finish was severely affected by that cup run itself. Really, mm. they were in a good yeah. seventh or eighth before they sort of sort of hit the quarterfinals and then as they started realizing oh, we're in a semi-final now we've got a great chance of a final they they really plummeted in the next seven eight nine weeks and and only really recovered in the last three or four to i think they picked up two wins in the final couple of games that really put them back right in the middle of the table so yeah it's a warning sign last season that this season if they do get into europe that any real adventures might hinder their league form I think the win in in the in the league cup basically um, motivated them to say, okay, our league, uh, our season is finished. Because when you look at the latest results, I think it's one one win in uh, seven or something like that. So it's you know it it had a major effect. So they struggled against Mets. They could struggle against Rim, an exciting team, uh, and they won uh, Marseille at the weekend. But, you know, how impressive is a win over Marseille these days anyway? Rims won 2-0 with Bully Dia, quite a big part of that victory. This 22-year-old forward, he's got quite a year ahead of him, doesn't he? I mean, the only kind of was involved a little bit last season. He wasn't exactly a nailed-down starter, but a goal and assist against Marseille, you know, a, a really top side on their day. He's going to be potentially the, the person that they kind of build this team around this season alongside the stars that took them so high up the table last season. Do you think he's going to be a key part of the team this year, Nathan? I hope so. I think if you were looking at something that Ras needed from this season compared to last season is someone to bag the goals really they were excellent defensively but couldn't 
get someone consistently other than Remy Udan, who they've somehow kept hold of at this moment in time, <laughs> which is a real boon as well. Um, they just needed someone extra that would be the main focal point. And if Dia can be that, or or Suku scored the second goal as well, if, if either of them can contribute to his goals, it'd be massive. I mean, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will remember my adoration for Zanelli, so it could have been even better if he was he was fit for this season as well. Unfortunately, his knee injury will we'll see him out for a fair amount of time, but credit to them. I mean, at any point, even Marseille at this moment in time that aren't quite the superpower they've been and and some team, some, sorry, some people would have seen that result at the weekend and thought, oh, small team beats big team, lol, lol, lol. Um, it's not quite that sense because France were excellent last season and have continued that and were really on top for large periods of the game. If it wasn't for Mondonda, it would have been a completely different scoreline. And it's never easy to go to the velodrome. But if you've got that crowd against them, it, it does make it a little bit easier. But that's just credit to this team that have been tremendous last season, that have um, ride, rode that quest of a wave at the start of this season, it seems like. And they've got a great chance of, of adding at the weekend if Strasbourg do um, hold off. But we know that David Guion is a is an excellent coach that has made his team come from a def- very incredibly defensive side in the first sort of six months, you may say, of his reign. And then took the shackles off a little bit when they knew they were safe. And you're seeing maybe... A, the evolution of that, which would be great to see and show just how excellent of a coach he is. So, Philip, how high is the ceiling for David Guion's men? You know, eighth last year, haven't lost too many key players in the market. Could they aim higher this season? Well, I was going to uh, ask a general question of how could they cope without, um, to me, it may sound ridiculous, but to me, uh, the, the best player of the season last season, which was Edouard Mendy, who's gone to who's gone to Rennes. Uh, Rennes, uh, Reims, sorry, is a type of club um, that uh, will that has a certain past, uh, great uh, great history in the 50s, uh, but have uh, dwelled in the lower leagues in these past few past few seasons. So I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna say um, Guillaume is going to stay. He's going to stay very cautious. And that says they'd be perfectly happy with a mid-table finish. That's uh, that. Yeah, I think that's the ceiling. <laughs> Thomas, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. They, they signed um, they signed a replacement keeper from Tel Aviv. Rykovic, yeah. Yes, that was it. Um, so he, he was he's quite a young keeper actually, only 23, 24. Yeah. Um, he's experienced across Europe, so it could be a good replacement coming in for 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 Mondi. Um, I'll, just looking at back on on the, the win against Marseille, there's one sort of 15 minute uh, piece of well, sort of play from um, they had a, a young, really young player who came on for I think it was Dingome. Um You got the sort of the assist to the assist for Souk's goal, second goal. Uh, his name's uh, Nathaniel Mbuku, um, mm. and I only obviously saw his first appearance for the club. Um, but he looked uh, impressive. He was quite a small frame, quite a diminutive sort of attacking winger midfielder. But he did well in uh, in that passage of play that led to the second goal to sort of hold off pressure and find uh, Dia that, that that was making everyone just on side. Um, so another one to watch out, really. Only 17. Yeah, quite exciting player, actually. So that brings us to a, a score prediction for this weekend. Um, Nathan, I'll start with you. What's your score prediction for Rennes versus Strasbourg this weekend? I think this is going to be the same scoreline for them as it was last week. I think 2-0 to Raz. Nathan? 
Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I read down, I didn't even read it. Philip, I mean, it's all these two-syllable names. Philip. <laughs> uh, I'd go with two on turns. And Thomas? Yeah, i go with two on turns as well. Oh, wow, that's what I've got written down as well. 2-1 to Raz with Bully Dia involved in some way. So, Nathan, you're the odd one out. Uh, right, let's move on to Leon versus Onji. I'm just going to say a little bit about a player who's moved from Onji to Leon. That's Jeff Rennie Adelaide. I'm actually pronouncing that wrong, but don't worry, we'll get the right pronunciation in just a second. A 27 million euro move to the Groupama from Onji. Just another one of these players that Onji have, have taken from the lower leagues of France and really are taken from obscurity almost and turned into incredible players. Thomas, I kind of want to just let you off the leash with this one and just talk about Rene Adelaide. What, what's your, your relationship with him? What's his career been like at Onji over the last few years? Yeah, so... Um... We picked him up from Arsenal on loan um, the season before last, just for the second half of the season. He showed some promise at the club, and it was a feeling around uh, Unai Emery's arrival that he wasn't really going to um, play Adelaide uh, in the squad. So he, he moved on, and we sort of offered out a, a sort of a hand, a gesture hand, um, to bring him and sort of restart his career really, um, and. He was during the, the the majority of last season. He was showing a lot of promise, but little end product really. I remember a game against Marseille where he had two huge chances and just failed um, to convert um, when it really mattered. Uh, there was a, one moment against Bordeaux when he uh, Stefan Bauken was the penalty taker, but Adley was so um, he was so sort of. Uh, he wanted so badly to get his first goal that he took the penalty and ended up uh, uh, missing it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, towards the towards the end of the season, we uh, moved him into uh, the centre midfield, right centre midfield place, and his first game against uh, Rennes was phenomenal. He scored two and assisted one, and it was uh, amazing to see. I was watching it with my uh, brother at the time, um, and it was amazing to see his first real breakout game. And after that first goal, he smashed into the the uh, front post. Uh, everybody around the club really was just elated. He was he was, he, he sort of ran away and puffed his cheeks and then uh, punched the air. Um, it was really great to see. And then last games following that, uh, that was in April. Last couple of games following that, he was really um, the the star player. Uh, so it was it was quite a, a late spurt at the end. Um, and then he had a good he had a good. Um, under 21 euros with with France, uh, and then ever since then there's been links with Monaco, uh, Porto, AC Milan, uh, Lyon, um, and the club have have tried to sort of convince him to to stay. We've tried our best, you know, uh, everybody at the club just to tell him to you know he could stay another season, be the star man, and then we'll we'll um, we can let you leave. But I think he was waiting for that Lyon. Uh, bid to come in and I know that the um, head of recruitment at Leon, uh, Maurice was speaking to uh, the director, sporting director at Angers, uh, Olivier Picou uh, during the tournament in uh, under 21 euros so Leon had been interested and I think he was just waiting for that bid to come in, it came in and for a team like Angers to turn down that much money you can't really see it so uh, we gladly accepted, obviously it's sad to see him go but there's a feeling around the club that 
you know, we 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 try our best to keep him on, but we're happy that he's moved on and and the club have got a, a really um, strong fee for him. Um, just for really, you know, seven or seven or eight games towards the end of the season, where he, he did really show his talent. Um, but Frangier, obviously, it's it's uh, it's sad to see him go, but we'll uh, we'll look to find a replacement in and and carry on the season really. Yeah, you mentioned Oliver Piku there, who's the sporting director at Onje. Uh, quite a good reputation of, of bringing in for cheap and selling for uh, much more money a wee bit down the line. Flavian Tate is obviously quite a recent example of that, but also Carl Toko Akambi. You know, he's done tremendous work at the club. So with Adelaide now moving on, who's the replacement you see in that very central centre-mid position? Yeah. Yeah, there's been um, recent links with uh, Ludovic Blau from Gangomp, who just got relegated. I think a lot of listeners um, and, and watchers of Liga will know his name. He's played a lot of games from a young age at Gangomp and has been really inconsistent in out the sides, been changed positions. Gangomp um, were in free fall last year. Uh, and it, he, it, we all know he does have a phenomenal talent. Um, so it's it was a big uh, it was a big big touted a bid touted for him. I think it was four four and a half million for Andre. That's a record signing. Mm. But it looks like Gangon really don't want to sell him. They're hoping to get back up to Liga straight away. Um, from an Andre point of view, in t- inside the club, um, I was hoping that uh, Angelo Fulgini might be the player to step up and take that that spot from uh, Adelaide. But unfortunately, he's injured for the first uh, one or two months of the season. He was looking. Really, really good um, during pre-season. Sort of uh, a similar qualities to Adelaide. Very good um, vision and drive. Really good transition. But he's just been at, in and out of the squad a lot. He's shown talent, um, shown uh, flashes of brilliance. Um, but I think hopefully if he does get back, he can be that player um, really that shows uh, what the talent, the talented player he really is. That he's shown, he's shown in glimpses. But we know we know there's something there that um, could be unlocked, and Mulan's the right person to do it, really. And we saw that Adelaide had a great game against Bordeaux. Like you said, he finished last season so well, started this season great again. But Nathan, do you think with Adelaide's on the out, all this good work that's you know been building over the last week, well, with this team, do you think that could all crumble now that that central part, you know, their talisman Adelaide has left? Um, in one short word, at least, anyway, because um, a number of, of important things are still there for for the time being, at least. Saying that um, a, a big part of this Angers side, as you know, Tom would obviously know, Thomas Mongani is is a is a huge part to this. He's been a, a stalwart, an excellent midfielder that scored at the weekend as well, and he's a big part. Um, you also add to that the the excitement of someone like Matthias. Uh, Pierre Lalage brought um, at the weekend, had an excellent season in Ligue 2 and looked fantastic at the weekend as well. That's an extra dimension, especially when, um, like we say, Fulgini looks like he's going to be out. Adelaide has obviously moved on. And, and Flavian Tate, even though his debut at Rennes was uh, less as desired, at least anyway. But they, they have an interesting options up front now with Sadatiyub coming in from, from Nîmes and, and Stefan Bauken still there and, and Casimir Ninga, um, an option as well, who's done in spells very good in Liga even though he's either 
fitness or, or form has, has failed him at times. So there's still great things, but as, as I've mentioned a number of times and, and I'm sure again, Tom will be nodding his head on the other side of the line, but <laughs> Stefan Moulin's the most important thing to Angers. Their, their, their recruitment is excellent. Their, their, the way they find great talents is superb, but he's the, glue that stuck them together and I, we all still remember uh, I think it, it wasn't last season the season before that when they were really looking like they were stuck in the mud in, in January February time they were in an awful run of form they gave him a new contract and <laughs> from then they went to win three games in a row and not many teams do that and the risk that they took in doing that shows you exactly the qualities that, that Stefan Moulin has and the control he really has on this team so keeping him in charge keeping them going and hopefully using those uh, century kits as often as they can this season will be <laughs> their, their tips to success I just yeah. have to agree with, with all this because uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the club is so well structured since they, they've been promoted uh, in in their way of playing in the tactics with Moulin and uh, and 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 the network they have, uh, you've got you've got Butel in goal. You've got always the same the same defenders playing every week. You've got Santa, Santa Maria uh, protecting the back four. I mean, I just can't see a lot of teams uh, winning handsomely against them. Uh, I can maybe see five games in the season, but that's about it. I mean, they're, they're really tough not to crack. And they yeah. were excellent the weekend as well. I mean, yeah. only for that first five minutes was really poor, but from that goal, absolutely kickstarted them. <laughs> it was it was pretty impressive how we just just ripped Bardo apart. Really, it's um, <laughs> it's interesting. We mentioned the defence, the um, the start. Well, I think for four of the starting back five um, that started the first game of their league on season back in 2015 uh, are still yeah. are still there at the club you know hotels <laughs> there mm. uh, Tomar uh, Tyre and uh, Monceau are still you know starting players so it's it's pretty impressive uh, they're, they're still there and Angers are still are still going it's a phenomenal club I could go on forever about it but uh, maybe another time so if Andre have this, you know, such a tremendous squad and a great back four and all this, and even without Adley, they're still a good team. Why are they finishing thirteenth last season? Why can't they push for that top ten this season? Don't want to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we're 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 a pretty small club with a, a pretty small budget. So for me, mid table is uh, just fine. It's it's also a case of at the same time while while they do. Uh, have fantastic players. Sometimes it comes back to bite them against uh, teams of a, a more handsome size, and sometimes mm-hmm. they go on runs of five, six, seven games where they where they lose a couple. But uh, I'm sure um, Tom will remember a lot of this draws. A lot, a lot of draws. <laughs> yeah. They do like, they do yes. like the draws in Angers. So yeah, we do. That's that's kind of what's holding them back. If they can convert some of those draws to wins, they'd be even better. Five in a row in March. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Andre will be travelling to play Leon, you know, Rene Adelaide's new club. They started off their season with a 3-0 win over Monaco at the weekend. In Monaco, it was Silvino's competitive debut at the club. Um, Thomas, how do you think they did as a whole? Um, they did, I think it was probably over-hyped, the actual scoreline, because I saw the game and they, wouldn't, they weren't really um, that impressive. It was more... Monaco's dreadful performance uh, and a Fabregas red card that that gave Leon um, the win. Uh, they still have got quite a bit to work to do. I don't think Aouar was very um, impressive. Toussaint was 
was a, a player that I think we all really was expecting to 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 lead the club. But it looks like he's really put his head down and he had a great game against, against uh, Monaco last weekend. Um, but there's still work to do. Um, I think it's a, just a work in progress, really. Um, but it'll be exciting to see how uh, Adelaide fits into the the squad, really. I'm looking probably as a under Bel replacement, maybe higher up the pitch with Fakir leaving. Um, but luckily, he won't be playing against Angers. There's a, a gentleman's agreement um, between uh, Ola Piku and... Uh, and uh, and Leon that they, he wouldn't play against uh, Angers, but it'd be good to see him announced anyway. Yeah, you mentioned there like where he'll play. It, it's quite a tough nut to crack right now. This Leon starting eleven, especially in attack and midfield. You know, you do have the names like Toussaint and Awar. Thiago Mendes is a new addition, but also even up front where Adelaide has played in the past, like in the positions of Bertrand Traore and Depay and Dembele, all occupy at the moment. Um, Philip, do you think that Adelaide will get into this team or will he have to go back to kind of the place that he played at Arsenal, a little bit of a bench warmer? Oh uh, no, I think I think he's been bought to be uh, to be played. I mean, unless he doesn't perform, of course. Uh, but I think he's a uh, he. They need. I mean, they need. Uh, they need grafters in uh, crafters in in midfield. Uh, I think that's why he was uh, he was both hardworking, hardworking uh, midfielders. Um, I don't I don't I haven't watched a lot of Angers uh, last last season, so he could be I, I don't know in Angers um, team formation that I that I see in the four one four one that I see. I mean, could he be? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm more. Um, uh, asking than as an answering there, could he be a, a replacement for Endombele, or, or could, could, can he play higher up the pitch? I mean, I'm I'm think I'm thinking a bit of both, but uh, I'm I'm pretty yeah. certain he'll play. I'm pretty certain he'll play. Yeah, I think the amount of money that Leon actually spent on him is really indication of that he's he's going to have to play. Really, um, I think as an Endombele replacement, he's pretty good, and they have a lot of similar qualities, just as really good players under pressure, able to break away and transition really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, he has that a lot of similarities um, to under Bellier in, in that, in that way. Um, so I think he probably, he probably will. Look, I, I was, when I was looking at the transfer, I think maybe they put Thiago Mendes where Toussaint is and play, play uh, Adelaide beside him, or maybe they, they put Toussaint, Mendes and Adelaide and then, have our slightly further forward like they sort of did with Fakir last year. It's a, it's a difficult one to figure out for Slovenia. Yeah, it's going to give him quite the headache. Uh, but we'll move on to another quite exciting player at Lyon right now, and that's Moussa Dembele. He enjoyed a fantastic season last year, scoring 15 goals in Ligue 1, and he got Lyon's win off and running when he scored early on in the match against Monaco. He's turning out to be quite a fantastic striker and was linked with clubs like Manchester United in the summer. Nathan, do you see him staying put for a little bit longer or is the cash going to lure him away to another league? He's going to probably stay stay put for the rest of this season, but uh, he's not really going to be staying put for long, I don't imagine. If if he carries on playing like he has done and if he plays like he did uh, on Friday night where he was by far and away the best player on the pitch, really, then I can't imagine that it will take offers of 50, 60 million in the, in the summer from someone, especially, you know, with the money in the Premier League or, or one of the 
maybe one of the the big teams in Spain or Germany, they're all going to be having an eye on him. Or or even possibly even Paris Saint-Germain, if they decide to move Cavani on, I think he'd be an excellent man to, to lead the line with Mbappe because he he was really great. His header was terrific. He was movement was was the only thing really positive about um, Leon's attacking pay throughout the game at least. They had spells where they had good moments from some players but uh, he was really the, the driving force and the the worry is, is for Leon at least anyway is maybe trying to find a way to get a replacement in early really because he's almost certainly going to go. Depay was Depay at the weekend <laughs> but Traore was Traore. It's it's a tough one. I mean, I would hope that they start playing Martin Terrier a little bit more uh, this season and, and maybe get him groomed and ready to be Dembele's replacement. In fact, I, I probably, with the with the signings they've made and, and me not being a big fan of those two wingers I've mentioned already, uh, I would possibly think about playing um, almost a diamond formation of Toussaint, uh, Adelaide and and um, Adelaide and uh, Mendes as the two um, left and right midfielder, um, then playing um, Awara behind the strike force of Terrier and, and Dembele. I think that could be an interesting mix, but whether they do that or not remains to be seen. And uh, that's the important thing they need to try and do is now they, if they don't know already, they know they've got a real talent in Dembele that they're simply put, unfortunately for their means, aren't going to be able to hold on to for long because if he scores 20, 25 goals like he looks like the form to be in this season, then um, someone's going to come in and try and snatch him away. Question, do Lyon have a, um, an official penalty taker? Because I'm looking at the uh, the statistics of last game. You, you've got Nabil Fiki who scored four from six and he's been sold. Uh, Dembele has scored one from two and Depay who scored zero from two. So can Adelaide actually say, okay, I'm taking the penalties now? Uh, I think does he have that, does he have that, that kind of character? Oh, I, I probably even though, even though he missed, honest. even though he didn't miss did, miss that one. I think. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's probably not. He, he's still got to work um, on his confidence in the final third sometimes, and I probably give it to somebody like Dembele, who's much more assured finisher. Yeah, mm. I think the pies. Um, ego might push out everyone else anyway. To, <laughs> not be taking sure. really, but it should be Dembele. But yeah. <laughs> The so, three kicks. Yeah. <laughs> so Leon, uh, you know, they do have quite a lot of quality in attack. We've we've known that for a couple of years, even in this generation or the generation before. Um but let's talk about their defence a little bit. You know, they've never been the most assured at the back, but this back four of Dubois, Anderson, who made his debut, Denier and Coney, who also made his debut with Thiago Mendes coming from Lille just in front of them. That kind of defensive five. Could that be the right key for Leon to really be, you know, a force not just up top but also at the back this season? Thomas, do you see that? You know, just see this combination of players really hitting it off and being a fantastic Leon defence, something they've not had in the last few years. Yeah, I think it's really it's really exciting. Um, on when the on the game against Monaco, um, Anderson looked really assured, comfortable. I mean, they were Monaco were pretty dreadful. Um, but he, he looked really comfortable and assured. Obviously, next to Deny, that's going to be the, the partnership for me, really. And uh, Deny, I know, Mike likes to sort of maraud into midfield and 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 try and and try and break from there. So I think Anderson will probably be more conservative as a, as a defender. Uh, as as for the fullbacks, I've just got Dubois, who's really quite a, a good attacking fullback um, himself. Really good cross, uh, really good delivery. And then you got Kone, who's a little bit more defensive. Uh, 
if you compare him to, to Mendy, who left, he's sort of as defensive, probably a bit more defensively astute than Mendy. Um, but obviously not doesn't possess um, the attacking capabilities, but he's still a very good fullback. Um, so he'd probably be uh, the one sort of sitting back a, a little bit more as Dubois pushes forward. They probably could alternate as well. Yeah. So, do you think they're going to keep a clean sheet of the weekend? Let's go into the score predictions. So, Thomas, what do you think the score prediction is going to be this weekend with uh, Lyon versus Angers? Uh, I think there was talk in the, uh, Oliver, uh, Olivia Piku had an interview where he he was talking about Adelaide and this, they asked, he was asked, would it, would it affect the game? And he said, yep, it would do because Moulin <laughs> was preparing, he was sort of preparing um, Adelaide to sort of build a team around him and now he's lost him it's sort of like oh, what am I going to do here so but uh, Andre Leon is normally a, a quite a fun game to watch um, Andre always give it's, it's Silvino's first real challenge in Liga I think uh, see how Andre do but I, uh, I suspect Leon might just have a bit too much for them uh, this time around as, as Moulin tried to figure out uh, how to sort of configure his squad um, without Adelaide so I think uh, probably a 2-1 victory Philip? I'm going to go with 1 1. I think that, uh, yeah, uh, tough nut to crack, and uh, that uh, you will have to be uh, much more, uh, have much more ability in front of uh, Angers' defence than in front of Monaco's. So I'm going to go with 1 1. And Nathan, what do you think about it? This is a classic Leon Banana Skinny kind of game. Um, yeah. 1 1. Yeah. I can't believe I'm the Andre supporter right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with you. Uh, I'll go with 2-1. I'll agree with you, Thomas. You know, I'm going to say your team's going to lose, but, you know, sorry about that. Uh, okay, let's move on to Mets versus Monaco. The promoted side showed a little bit of quality as they drew in their first match up in League 1. But let's talk about their opponents first, Monaco. Again, they were quite unlucky in that 3-0 defeat with Fabregas getting sent off quite early on in the match. Do you think that had you know quite a big effect on the game or do you think that Monaco were always kind of destined to lose? Nathan, what do you think about this one? Um, it's always kind of difficult to tell. that Going behind so early did affect them, but at the same time, despite the eventual scoreline, Leon didn't, Leon didn't really step on Monaco's neck as they probably should have done, really. They, it's a really soft goal for Depay to score and disappointing for Lecomte. It looks more like Lorient Lecomte than uh, Montpellier Lecomte at the moment. But let's <laughs> hope that changes sooner rather than later for their fact. But I, I think the two glaring things in this one is that uh, despite some provocations elsewhere, and I'm sure some even on this board will disagree. I think it's a red card for Cesc Fabregas. I don't think that's a natural movement for running um, in terms of him breaking down the, the back of Leo Dubois' uh, leg. He protests very quickly and uh, not in... Well, it seems very much like it. While he, you can't necessarily ever say intent, it looks unnatural to me and I, I can understand why the, the red card was given. But... At the same time, the second point I would make is that the fact that Jemison and Hen um, Benjamin Hendricks with the deep line midfielders told me that um, much like they had kind of have done already in terms of at least signing a striker in Vissan Ben Yedda, which is a tremendous signing, um, they need midfielders. Um, I think that's exactly what Yardin, uh, Leonardo Jardim was saying with that team selection. He was saying, I need 
at least two midfielders because he doesn't think that Jefferson and, and Hendricks are genuine midfielders almost certainly and the fact that he had to play Foster up front as well signed that we best get this striker over the line it felt like one of those games that he knew he could throw away and that he could say and make statements to his club to get some business done and it looks like they're going to start motoring now towards that let's see if they bring midfielders and in <laughs> at least Jefferson not in defence is, is somewhat of a positive even if he has to play on the field somewhere but no, I don't think you're going to learn much from an opening game of most teams, really. But you're definitely not going to learn much when you're a goal down early and you're also a man down very early as well. So we shall see how they get on this weekend against an opponent they should definitely be beating because this is um, important for them. But overall, I thought I think all we learned is that Jardim is determined to still get some players through the door and, and was willing enough to show that to his to his board that he needs that done. Yeah, um, Philip, the squad is looking quite thin at the moment. And as they face Mets, a team that really shouldn't be a challenge for them, do you think it's actually going to be quite the challenge? Well, um, I agree that the midfield is um, is not uh, filled with uh, loads of quality, even though they got uh, they got Bochila, they just lost Juan Lopez uh, to Sevilla, I think. Uh, but this, the signing of Benyade is good news. Um, however, I'm I'm not quite sure uh, if uh, I mean sh- should they sh- should they underrate Mets Mets's attack uh, all that much? Uh, I went to see uh, see Mets uh, I think it was a year ago against Lens, which was uh, actually at the time um, some kind of a top of the table clash between Mets and Lens, and everybody, everybody was was saying okay these these two have won their games uh, most of their games at the beginning of the season. Uh, Mets and Loss are going to get promoted, no problem. So Mets got promoted and Loss did what Loss do by not getting promoted. Um, so it's just with, with players like Jalou, like Nyan, like in, like uh, Upa and Get, and I've and I'm missing the last one. I think it's uh, uh, Farid Boya. Boya. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, they're, yeah. it's they're, they're quite they're quite dangerous going forward. They're quite dangerous going forward. So, I'm, uh, I didn't watch uh, the game on uh, on Friday, and I don't know if uh, it w- is if they actually defended badly. But I think they'll, they'll need to defend quite well uh, on the games on yeah on Saturday uh, if they want to want to avoid defeat. Because uh, up top uh, for for now, it's a bit uh, squad. Uh, it's a bit uh, not not worrying, but you know, not as good as uh, Mets going forward. I would say. Yeah, um, Monaco really struggled against a, a solid striker in Moussa Dembele. Do you think they could struggle again against Habib Diallo? You know, he scored a, a, a good, kind of like a natural finisher's goal. I hate using cliches, but it's definitely a natural finisher's goal at the weekend against Strasbourg. Thomas, do you think that this Monaco defence could really be pushed against the wall by Habib Diallo? Yeah, I think I think so. He had a really good um, season in, in league there last uh, last year. Um, he's more of a, a sort of a typical number nine, really. He gets into good positions in the box, really good in the air, um, and just a really in, sort of in, like the 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 goal we scored. He scored on the weekend, so an an instinctive, really good um, finisher, which obviously with the bat line that Monaco have got at the moment, probably uh, probably caused them. Causing problems, really. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking, what's happened with um, 
I hate Benessa. I, I, I really rate the player, but it just seems that Jardim doesn't doesn't really like him. No, Nobody seems, know about that. Yeah, I've not read anything recently, really, but I, I remember him pretty much being ostracised straight away, and he was obviously on loan in Satetien last season and yeah. played. In in fits and starts, I mean, he, he yeah, was a little good, bit of yeah. yeah. He was decent under Henri as well, but I just don't think he fancies him really. Um, yeah. Leonardo Jardim does seem to play favourites, i.e., Tielemans as well, leaving in the summer and not really getting a a second chance under him. So he kind of is set in his ways, and it's that's probably why he's made that move to play those two defenders essentially. So <laughs> say that say yeah. that he, what he's got is not good enough. Yeah. yeah, it's it's quite interesting because he played well in um, for Morocco in the Africa Cup of Nations over the summer. So you thought that would have been that would have been enough to kind of convince him to get in the side, but it still doesn't seem as if that's going to change. Yeah, it, it, it was linked. It looks like he's linked with um, a Bordeaux move, which is very strange for Bordeaux to make actual good signing. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I think Shelley was five years contracts, which is ridiculous, but yeah. that's, that's crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, let's see how it how it goes for for Vanessa. Yeah, it was quite a weird one. Um, yeah. But talking about Mets, do you think they've got the potential potential this season to do a Rams or a Neem last season? You know, kind of bash away those relegation favourites, tags, and, and finish quite high up the table. Do you think they have the potential to do what those teams did last season? I'll come to Nathan for this one. Not really. Um, I'm not. I'm sure. Jez will be at home cursing this one if he's listening at all. But uh, they 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 weren't great at the weekend. I mean, like much like Tom said earlier in the the sort of Strasbourg stuff, there's the very same mention that mentioned that they could have maybe nicked a win at the end. At the same time, they were absolutely battered in the first half. Really, yeah. shot after shot after shot. It could have been a real cricket scoreline in a derby in the Alsace derby as well, which have been really awful for them. Really, but I don't know. I I don't think they've got. I I think they've got. Obviously, attacking talent, but whether it's going to be capable in Liga, and some of these players have been in Liga several times. I'm thinking Get and Diallo have obviously been in this league before and not performed. So, getting them to play at that level is that something they're capable of? Are they capable of keeping teams out, which is what Ras did? Is are they capable of outscoring teams like Neem did? Uh, it's kind of a no on both counts. So, unless something dramatically changes or or a real inspiration comes from from above or, or from coaching, I, I don't really see it, unfortunately. So, what do you it think? Doesn't the... seem like the defense is is particularly experienced. I mean, yeah. those, those names are, are pretty much league league do names, and they don't seem to have much experience at staying up. Unfortunately, yeah, you probably struggle with with Sunzu and, and yeah, Boy yeah. as your starting partnership. And was and, and yeah. yeah. Sometimes I do like, um, but with Boy and Jonathan Boy and, and stuff other Sunday, that's not a league on centre back partnership really. Mm. Um, I don't really rate Ukija uh, that much. I think it was um, uh, it was yeah interesting to play Mamadou Fofana uh, at centre back, but I, I, I probably prefer him more as a, a defensive midfielder. But yeah, it's a, I'd say Mets probably need to sign a a, a league on quality centre back. Uh, before the window ends, really. So, Thomas, what do you think the score prediction is going to be in this one? Yeah, uh, probably looks like a maybe a, a two-all draw. Maybe I'm going quite. I think both both defenses aren't particularly good. Um, probably some more Monaco madness, but yeah, two-all draw. <laughs> Philip. 
Uh, 2-1 to Monaco. And Nathan. I think this shouts uh, 1-0 Monaco win for me. I just don't trust Monaco enough. I'm going to go for a pretty soggy 1-1 draw on this one. Uh, okay, let's move on to the other promoted side, uh, Saniatin versus Brest in this weekend's League Earn. So firstly, just as a little comparison between Brest and Mets, who do you think is going to finish higher this season? Nathan, what do you think? On evidence of the first game, which is <laughs> risky in its own sense, uh, probably Brest. I, I thought they did quite well at the weekend. They obviously ended up drawing and missed a penalty for Charbonnier, but they looked uh, threatening. They looked attacking. Uh, but at, while you contrast that Mets played Strasbourg, who have European on the uh, aspirations still on their mind in terms of uh, the qualifiers that we mentioned earlier, uh, Toulouse look bereft. Again, I mean, I really fear for them if if Grinnell was to go, especially. Um, they are really going to plummet down this league and, and struggle this season. And um, they could quite easily be sucked into a, a real relegation scrap if they uh, don't get things sorted out. So they'll be delighted they at least got a point, really. But uh, I, I quite like them. I, th- I think straight away, Brest were, were willing to play um, in a similar way that they got them up in, in League Deux. They 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 got at Toulouse knowing that it was their opening game. There's nothing to, to fear in, in this kind of one. They'll be a bit disappointed, like we say, that Charbonnier couldn't get himself off the mark. He he needs to start sort of get them the goals, but they, they created some problems. They've got some good, nice signings in. I like the loan signing of Samuel Grants here. Um, yeah. It's not really worked out yet for him at Monaco, but he was decent out, back on loan on at Strasbourg um, last season. He was obviously very good at Troyes. Um, so hopefully he can kick on there as well. And I, I think they're an interesting team. It, it'll be interesting to see how they match up against a much tougher opponent at the weekend, um, which is going to be the real struggle for them. I, I think they're going to uh, f- have a hard time of it, even though Leve weren't particularly great at the weekend, not at the, the flight that we thought they might be. But you won't be able to judge much from the first game, at least. We'll know a bit more four or five games in of who's going to be best. But on current evidence, I think you have to say Brest. Yeah, they were quite unfortunate not to get all the points, obviously, with Chaboni missing the penalty. But they created quite a lot of good chances. I can't exactly remember who made the pass for the first goal, but it was incredible. Right across the face, evading about two or three Toulouse defenders. You know, if they do have the type of player to have that final pass, have that quality in them, I think they could probably end up finishing a little bit higher than Mets this season. Philip, what's your opinion on this one? Um... Yeah, I'm. I mean, I hope. I hope uh, because uh, I do. I do. I do like. I do like the whole club, the whole area. It's very, um, a very, hard, very hardworking club that uh, has hasn't had a lot, much of uh, much of support uh, from uh, fans from uh, other other parts of uh, other parts of France. Um, I'm. I'm not going to say yeah. The dead search for for relegation. relegation. I think they'll be down there. Uh, but uh, I think they've got they've got a squad that is not too not too bad. Uh, they got a couple of uh, decent signs from other from other clubs. We've got Paul Lan, and uh, we've, we've got Grancier. I think I think too. Kevin May up front. Um, I don't know. I think I think this this type of result against Toulouse is uh, quite. Um, uh, shall we say typical of, of West of a uh, case where they should have taken the three points that, but didn't, 
uh, didn't because they missed a penalty because they got um, they conceded a late equaliser, and that's uh, I think that's that's a major worry. But aside from that, I'm 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 quite you know I'm I'm all for <laughs> Brest not going down. Thomas, let's move on to their opponent Saint Etienne. How would you rate Gislain Pridton's debut as manager? Uh, it was I think it was probably lucky that they did um, get the the points um, from from that game. Um, it was sort of a a Stefan Stefan Ruffier masterclass that really kept them in it. <laughs> uh, he was in a lot of people's um, team of the week last um, in after the first first game of the week. Uh, I think looking at the the stats from a stats point of view, uh, Dijon had a expensive goals of two point one nine and San Etienne less than one. So it was right. it's pretty lucky for them um, just to get to get that win. Uh, there was there was good, it was okay um, starts for uh, Budabu's got the uh, assist for the goal. Uh, Hulu who's sort of been he's had, he had a dreadful season in Monaco, but I think everybody had a dreadful season in Monaco last season. Uh, he he's, he got the goal, so it'd be good to see if he can get back to his uh, Strasbourg form. Uh, and and the uh, young centre back we mentioned last week, uh, Makudi was was fairly impressive alongside uh, Perrin in the in the defence. So it, it's it's probably going to be some time for quite a few players to bed in um, for Sanatian. Yeah, it was interesting to see Makudi uh, beside Perrin. It was literally like one of the youngest defenders in the league who's going to be playing consistently this season and one of the oldest players in the league is going to be playing <laughs> consistently. And I just think they bounced off each other quite well. Obviously, they conceded the penalty, but you know, at the, at the end of that, they had a clean sheet in terms of open play goals, so that's something to build off of. And they did have a lot of uh, players coming into the starting lineup, which is always quite hard to bed in. You know, it, w- it will take a couple of weeks mm-hmm. for the attacking lineup of Budibu and Buanga just to really start filling into their play. And also Aholo, who you mentioned. Do you think that this team could reach the same heights as Jean-Louis Gasset did last season, uh, Nathan? I think they certainly have the potential to. Um they weren't as marauding or or, or quite as um, imposing as we thought they might be in the first game of the season against a, a Dijon side that, credit to them, got themselves back into the game and and uh, had a couple of chances near the end where they could have nicked it. They made Saint-Étienne nervy, which is good for them, but in front of a home crowd against a promoted side is a, is a great way to help sort of reboost your season after... Well, like uh, like Tom said, a, a real excellent display from from Rufier, and it's just getting a couple of those players started. It's great that Riyad Boudibou's got an assist from the free kick in his first start for Saint Etienne. That'll get him off the mark. He had a tremendous season, obviously, last time he was in Ligue 1 with Montpellier, where he got a, a real boatload of assists. So let's hope he can hit that same form again to to inspire. It's, it's good to see Kazri get an assist as well. Him himself getting him involved. It's always great to see Roman Homuma, who's been consistently excellent for three, four, five years, whenever he's actually fit, um, score an excellent little goal as well. So they'll be happy at least that they got the three points and they have got the talent in the squad at the moment um, with everyone getting at least involved in an attacking sense. It's just maybe making sure they're not as nervy as they were at the weekend, settling themselves down and, and maybe killing off these games that they're dominating a little bit more because that was maybe a little bit of a weakness last season that stopped them from really chasing Champions League football. But 
I don't think there's any denying that they could be easily challenging at least for that automatic Europa League place, if not even for third place this season. Philip, do you worry about? Saint-Étienne is the change of management because the fans have so much I mean Saint-Étienne is massive in France if they are they just go everywhere and they bring loads and loads of numbers it's almost like they're an English club uh, it's they really uh, have loads and loads of fans everywhere in France uh, due to uh, being so successful in the in the in the 80s or, or maybe it's the 70s I'm, I don't I'm not quite sure uh, and the way Jean-Louis Gasset left it's just maybe left to facilitate and, and as soon as a couple of results go, won't go their way maybe uh, the um, the ultras will uh, will not be quite as understanding as as, as they were under Jean-Louis Gasset the the um, the whole the whole thing around his departure was a bit acrimonious and uh, everything to do a bit with money so it's uh, that's my main worry for Saint-Étienne so, Philip, what's your score prediction for this match coming up? San 18 against Brest. I'm still going to go 2-0, though. Fully there. Fully there. Nathan? 3-0. Uh, this is the kickstart lever I need. And Thomas? 2-1. Uh, San Etienne. Oh, you, who's going to score for Brest? Who's getting the goal? Chabonnier? Chabonnier. <laughs> kind of has to be, doesn't it? Uh, I don't uh, think you'll score for, until November or something, probably. <laughs> I'm going to go 2-0 Sanyetien. I think they will just kind of take a bit of time, but they will settle into their, their haunches and the potential that they do have. But let's move on to the last game of this episode. It's going to be Rennes versus PSG. A rerun of the Trophies des Champions, which was played just before the start of the Ligue 1 season. So PSG beat Nîmes 3-0. They, they walked to victory with Cavani scoring and Mbappe scoring and Di Maria scoring. Who needs Neymar? So, Philip, what's the opinion inside France of Neymar? I don't want to talk about it too much because it was covered in the last show, but just generally the opinions of him. I know there was quite a few banners laid out at the match against Nîmes. Yeah, it's been covered all summer. Um, basically, nobody wants him. Everybody hates him. Uh, everybody wants him out. Uh, he wants to leave. Um, and uh, as if it wasn't bad enough I think nobody can afford him because Leonardo wants 100 million for him plus players um, there have been uh, recently talks of Florentino Perez so Real Madrid's president making a loan uh, with, uh, with a bank in order to finance the uh, in finance a transfer or maybe uh, do that give 100 million and Vinicius Junior uh, with it so basically, he's uh, he's he's really not wanted. The um, the the fans made their feeling uh, their feelings quite clear with the banner name Castro, which means uh, go away in a bit more less in a bit more familiar, <laughs> a bit more familiar terms. It's it's just uh, I think everybody is at the point that. I don't know a single person that uh, believes that believes he's. Uh, He's uh, he's a good guy, and that uh, he'll he'll eventually come come good. And I can only blame actually not even him because he's a young guy. Well, actually, I don't know how old he is, but uh, I I think the whole the whole uh, leaving Barcelona for for PSG was a mistake, and that uh, it all end in tears. Honestly, I, I just can't see this ending well. And uh, apart from that, everything's quite cool at the club. But apart, yeah. Neymar. 
<laughs> it's kind of just sums them up anyway just Neymar you could answer a lot of questions about PSG right now with just that name uh, Thomas let's talk yeah, about because, some because the rest is the rest is fine I mean uh, I mean, everybody's very happy with what the particular club has done but it's just him that's it that's the problem yeah it's been a really good oh, really good transfer season really yeah yeah. yeah. sort of impressive clever signings but it's just that huge uh, huge uh, Neymar Neymar sort of bomb that's ticking away. Mm. So do you think just everyone at the club's kind of just waiting for him to get out so they can kind of focus on playing football again? Uh, I think I think nobody's waiting for him to get out because I think no, I I don't think he can. I don't. Uh, I think I, I honestly don't think that Barcelona or Real Madrid because it's one of the, one or the other really. Um, unless uh, unless he goes back to Brazil, which I doubt, uh, have the money to spend on him, and um, and that actually the, actually the rest of the squad is, uh, I believe, is uh, doing fine. So he, yeah. he 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 may be ostracized. I don't know. I mean, it's not as if they don't have a strong squad without him. I mean, and you saw that it was yeah, a yeah. it was a content performance, and they have been shown that we're, when we're okay, played. we're okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you think about Pablo Sarabia? Yeah, uh, no, very good. I mean, all all the all the summer signings. And uh, I believe he will play. Depends if Tuchel plays a black three, but uh, I believe Andrea will uh, play mostly in defence and in uh, and in midfield. Uh, got uh, Pablo Sarabia, who's an able uh, an able winger. Uh, Gay and Jello are solid solid players. I mean, the workers there, they're players who uh, who will who will do who will uh, who will. Work and uh, and try and try and do their best in 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 games in important games. I mean, I I see nothing wrong with what we've what we've done, and we've we've uh, we've we've basically uh, granted uh, Kevin Trapp his uh, his wish in that uh, we never should have bought him. Uh, he actually did not have, contrary to what I may have suggested uh, years ago, didn't have such a bad uh, goal. Sc- Conceded to games ratio, uh, and I think it was better than Buffon. So there, there goes, um, and that's uh, yeah. He, he he, that that kind of that kind of quality in the goalkeeper needs to uh, needs to play, needs to needs to be uh, starting every 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 week, and um, yeah. I mean, the fans are a bit divided on the goalkeeper uh, debates. Is it Areola or or shall we buy Donnarumma? Generally, I mean, people are giving giving the, the the guy the guy his chance. So honestly, the place is quite optimistic, but I think most of it has to has to be thanks to Leonardo, who uh, who basically says, "Okay, we're not we're not a circus anymore. I'm running the ship, and uh, if you got a problem with that, you can leave." But Neymar can't leave yet. <laughs> Nathan, do you think that Ariola should just nail down that number one position this year? I mean, he's never really had a hand of it since probably the 2017-18 season. Last year, he did share it with the now outgoing Italian Buffon. Do you think he'll hold on to this season? And do you think he deserves to hold on to it this season? I think he deserves to be given a chance. I think he was excellent last season compared to Buffon especially. I just think that Paris Saint-Germain are determined not to have him as their number one goalkeeper because he's not a big enough name. I think mm-hmm. they feel like their goalkeeper has to have some some sort of weird gravitas to it. They brought in Trap before and, and then, uh, much like 
Philip said, and, and then uh, he obviously did excellent in Frankfurt and deserved to, to eventually go, but he didn't really get much of a chance after a couple of mistakes. And the fact that Ariola's made a couple of mistakes, instantly Paris Saint-Germain are always looking for a brand new goalkeeper, whether that be uh, Donnarumma or De Gea or Oblak or whoever's name gets thrown into the, the fire next. Uh, I think that I can't imagine them buying one with the window sort of closing in the next couple of weeks in France. I, I, it would be it would really surprise me if they brought someone in as a number one. Um, on, they may find a young player to be number two, but next summer they they that might be their number one target. Other than and if Cavani goes to buy a striker, I think that they they will be looked to have a a big name goalkeeper. But no, I I think for me, Ariola is a good goalkeeper. Works well in the system. Excellent shot stopper. Makes is making fewer and fewer mistakes, which is good um, because he he's looking more like the one we saw on loan at Villarreal that was tremendous. So um, hopefully mm. he can he, he can play in that kind of style this season and maybe make Leonardo, who's at least more sensible than previous uh, um, people at the head of transfer dealings, um, sit up and take notice and decide to invest the money elsewhere in the squad. Thomas, let's uh, talk about their opponents, Ren. They won 1-0 uh, at Montpellier last week. It was a 1-0 win, but it wasn't the most convincing. You know, they were slightly up against the wall in terms of shots and also the, the number of big chances that Montpellier missed. They scored through quite an early header from Jeremy Morel, who's just joined the club from Lyon. You know, they didn't offer too much going forward, but they still managed to to hold on to that win. Do you think that'll put a smile on Julian Stefan's face, Thomas? Yeah, uh, I think it was a, a gritty performance. Montpellier probably should have ended up coming out with the the, the win, really. Um, but it was a, a, the performance of uh, the goalkeeper, I think it was Salon. It was, Sally, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he was uh, impressive for them, really. And obviously, they're waiting for, for Mondi to come back from his injury he uh, sustained at the, the AFCON. Um, from an Angers supporter point of view, you know, Flaviante was was signed for him, but unfortunately, he's suspended for three three games, I think it is. Yeah. Mm. Um, rightly so, really. It's, it's something that I've, I didn't really see much uh, when he played for us. He was He obviously liked to good challenge and a good uh, shoulder bash with a player but yeah that's sort of sort of out of hand and it's disappointing to see but I'm sure we'll be back back into the squad as uh, when he comes back from that that suspension really they must be quite happy with the extension of the contract of Eduardo Camavinga the teenager who's really kind of weeded his way into the Ren side Nathan what's your opinion on the player fabulous absolutely tremendous game at the weekend um he was uh, he was a little bit of everything um he was the best player on the pitch um even if montpellier were probably the better team he was um he did not look 16 in any matter he was um defending well getting back and putting tackles in he was driving through the midfield he was creative he was um, energetic he never seemed to stop he looks like a real player there's no wonder that they've signed him straight to a contract and I'm, I'm just hearing Rich Allen whispering in my ear saying I can't say any more about him because we need to keep it quiet for at least another season or so but <laughs> in terms of everything else for for Ren in that game he was an absolute bright spot absolutely and keep an eye on him and we'll see if Salin keeps his place because Edouard Mendy has obviously come in so he's going to he almost feels like he should be the number one, but Salin's going to cause him some competition from the looks of things. But they need to get someone to get some goals. Um, Niang looks 
bereft of confidence after having a flying end to the season last campaign, having Tate out for three games for a ridiculous um, throwing of the arms by himself at the weekend was absolute nonsense. Um, they need to try and find some goals from somewhere in the last little bit of the window if they can. If they can, if they can maybe, I think maybe add an extra player with Kamavinga in midfield. Um, they looked pretty solid at the back at times. They didn't. They conceded a few shots, but a lot were sort of from from outside the area or with plenty of players in front of the goal. So I don't think they were troubled as much as the stats may have given away, but uh, a couple of players and they'll be much better, but keep an eye on Kamavinga. I know Ren fans will hate me for saying it, but he at 16 is a really special talent. If he grows in a little bit more as well, gets a bit more physical as well, he could be a tremendous player and someone that could be um, as good. Uh, I mean, I mean I'll, I'll admit it. This I've not seen a player play, um, this well in a game and stand out this well as as a young player since maybe either an Mbappe or a, a Dembele, um, Ousmane Dembele started game and I'm I'm not um, trying to hyperball that in any way. He could be um, if he carries on in this trajectory a very 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 good footballer. Yeah, I, I agree with Does you. Anybody, anybody think we will ever see Rafik Gitan play in a Ren jersey? You know, I I found <laughs> this very quite quite. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's still. <laughs> I think he's still at the club. He he is still at the club. He play, he's playing for the Wizards, and uh, you Reserves, know, I watched yeah. uh, I watched him I watched him uh, when he was at Le Havre, and uh, he was more than more than decent. And uh, yeah, I would I would really like him to to actually play top flight football. It would. Uh, I mean, that that's why he signed for Rennes a year ago. But yeah, he had a very bad injury. It's a shame, really. It's a it's a shame. It's a bit of a shame. But what do we think the score prediction will be between Ren and PSG this uh, Sunday? Will Camavinga be on the winning side or will that Flavian Tate red card really hold them back? Thomas, I'll start with you. Uh, it will probably be the same score it was in the Trophy de Champion, 3-1. Philip? I don't think Ren have um, a lot going forward, especially in the finishing department. So I'm going to say 2-0 to PSG. And uh, Nathan? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ren fans will want Camavinga probably playing on the bench in this 8 o'clock Sunday night game where everyone can watch their players. So uh, <laughs> they, 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 he probably almost certainly, even if he does play, will be on the losing side. I think it'll be a 3-0 win for, for PSG, nice and comfortable. Yeah, I'll probably agree with you there. 3-0 win for the champions, of course. Who would expect any less? But thank you very much for listening. That wraps up this episode of the Get French Football News preview show. You can find more news all about Ligue 1 and other competitions in France at getfootballnewsfrance.com. You can also follow the website on Twitter at GFFN and keep in touch with all things going on French. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next week.